Good morning. We begin with breaking news. Qantas has been found guilty of unlawfully standing down a worker who raised safety concerns over flights at the start of the COVID pandemic. The New South Wales District Court has ruled Qantas acted illegally against the employee who raised concerns about cleaning flights arising, arriving from China. The case was the first of its kind in Australia. The court heard Theo Ceremitides was concerned that Qantas ground staff at Sydney Airport were being required to clean aircraft arriving from China without adequate personal protective equipment, disinfectant or COVID safe training. Qantas is a very large company with many lawyers and barristers. But Theo is a one working man who tried to stand up and he did. And we won. He has won today. He's been vindicated that he did the right thing. The case assessed the airline's conduct and whether the company failed to provide proper workplace health and safety processes for its staff. The airline will be sentenced at a later date. Tough new laws have just been introduced into federal parliament to control the convicted criminals released from immigration detention on the orders of the High Court. Live to political reporter Jennifer Beshwari in Canberra. Jen, what do the laws include? Morning, Anne. Well, they include strict visa conditions and police monitoring for those who pose a particular risk to the community. They'll have to wear ankle monitoring bracelets and adhere to strict curfews, which will be decided on a case-by-case -case basis. Many of the migrants uh, will also have to notify security agencies on where they live, any overseas or domestic travel, and seek approval for work. These conditions are essential for ensuring that the Department of Home Affairs and the Australian Border Force remain aware of the non-citizens' location, activities and associations. Now, the government warns breaching the visa conditions will be classified as a criminal offence and could result in jail time. But the opposition, who only got the legislation this morning, say doesn't go far enough and warn there may be about 300 more detainees who could be released. These are people who have murdered Australians. These are people who have raped young children. These are people who are, who are serious domestic violence offenders. These are people who are of the worst character and they are non-citizens. We're not even talking about Australian citizens here. These are people who do not deserve to live in our country. Now, the government says further action is being considered, but they're waiting for the High Court to release the full judgment. There are also concerns this morning that some of the detainees could sue the government for millions of dollars in compensation because the court ruled that their indefinite detention was illegal, which means taxpayers will end up footing the bill. Anne? Jen Beshwadi in Canberra. Anthony Albanese has touched down in the United States for the high-stakes Asia-Pacific summit where the US and Chinese presidents are meeting face-to-face. -face. Tim Lester is in San Francisco. Surrounding the country estate south of San Francisco where the presidents of China and the United States Amini is a wall of police uh, right around the venue. But also, at least at this point, 
protesters have gathered to voice their anger with Xi Jinping uh, and talk about the lack of freedom as they see it in China. We know CCP is the cancer to the Chinese people. We don't have any freedom in China. The two leaders coming together after a dreadful year for US-China relations, uh, not least the shooting down of that suspected Chinese spy balloon after it had crossed the U United States. One of the aims of the US president as they sit down and talk is to try to restore military communications between the two. There will also no doubt be some discussion on Taiwan and uh, China's sensitivity about the fact that as it sees it, the US is pushing for Taiwan's independence. After that, the leaders will then join uh, 21 world leaders in total attending the Asia-Pacific Leaders Conference north of here in San Francisco. Among leaders going along is Australia's Anthony Albanese, the PM, arriving in San Francisco mid-afternoon for a two-day visit and meeting other world leaders here. Gaza's largest hospital, sheltering thousands of Palestinians, has become the centre of conflict between Israeli troops and Hamas militants. Vulnerable patients, staff and civilians are caught in the middle, as David Woywood reports. Israel had been desperate to get inside Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital, convinced that Hamas had been steering much of its campaign of terror from within the building. These images show Israeli troops on their way in. The hospital had housed thousands, many sheltering from airstrikes, others including these premature newborns in desperate need of medical attention. It set off a wave of international condemnation. Hospitals in war are off limits. <laughs> These images released by the Hamas-run health ministry appear to show medics evacuating the sick and injured from the hospital after the raid. It's a very difficult and complicated situation, this man says. Patients are being evacuated now away from the dust and smoke suffocating them. Still, Israel claims to have evidence of Hamas operating from within. The IDF released pictures showing soldiers bringing supplies to the ransacked hospitals insisting this raid wasn't wide in scope, but rather a precision raid targeting only Hamas. The IDF is conducting a ground operation in Gaza to defeat Hamas and rescue our hostages. Israel is at war with Hamas, not with the civilians in Gaza. Now behind the scenes of this conflict, negotiations for a ceasefire and the release of hostages today appeared to reach something of a breakthrough, with Qatari mediators setting out framework for a deal that could see a three-day ceasefire in exchange for release of 50 Israeli captives. A major development in this war that appears to be now grinding to a stalemate. Thank you.